are listening to Across the Line, a TNA podcast with your host, James Hoover. Man, oh man, that old school uh, little jingle at the beginning there, it uh, brings back memories, both good and bad, as does TNA and Impact Wrestling. Good and bad memories, but um, hey, it's the 94th episode of the 94 Club podcast, and I thought, you know what? Because of uh, my good friend, one of the OGs, one of the cornerstones of the 94 Club, Robert Womack, a.k.a. Trey31968 on the Twitster, uh, he said, man, you should check out this Redemption pay-per-view. And my first thought was, no, I really shouldn't. Because, I mean, you've heard me talk about wrestling the last couple of weeks. I'm out, especially with the WWE. I'm out. I haven't even. I don't even know what happened on Raw last night. I'm going to assume that it's nothing major, since you know nothing really blew up on my social media. It was probably another boring show, and I'm just tired of trying to invest seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven hours a week into watching wrestling <clears throat> when there's ne- there's not a good payoff. There's no stories. There's nothing interesting happen happening, and my main complaint about the wrestling product right now is just, man, it's just matches for the sake of having wrestling matches, and that's fine. If you're into that, then my God, you just you have a treat. You got wrestling all over the place. <sighs> I decided, you know, let's see what it. Uh, I, I want to get his. I want to. Yeah, he he wrote. At Uncle Hoove. I am Uncle Hoove on Twitter, by the way. Um, I changed it from, I think, like, James Hoover 78 or something. I just switched it to something a little more fun. Uh, Just Uncle Hoove. You can call me Uncle Hoove if you want. (laughs) He said, hey, I don't know if you got a chance to watch Redemption 18 or not, but my opinion, it was the best pay-per-view I've seen in a good long while. If you get a chance, you might want to check it out. I'd give it an A- to a B+. Um... I'm interested. What did I wonder what you know, I'll probably look that up later. I should have done my I should have done my research and see what the so-called wrestling experts are saying. But then again, I would trust Robert Trey Womack's opinion more than I would trust Dave Meltzer's or Wade Keller's or as Jericho would say, that son of a bitch Ryan Satin, he can go fuck himself. But I uh I trust the opinions of my listeners more. So Man, I sat and I watched this pay-per-view in kind of two chunks. I had a, 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 a super important doctor's appointment that I had to go to yesterday. It's one that I've done before. And you know what? I might as well just get into it because I was real cryptic about it on Twitter. I said, hey, send me good vibes, everybody. Um, about, let's see. God, this is almost 20 years ago now because, yeah, I'm 39 now. So yeah, right around when I was 19, I broke my neck the first time. Three years later, I broke it again. Uh, lucky, just lucky as fuck just to not be uh, in in way worse shape now because of that. Like, I could have probably have been paralyzed or something like that. But you know what? I don't like to look back at the what-ifs. And on top of that, I've had, um, I think at last count, 15 concussions that have been medically documented, like that are on my medical record. So, uh, 
you know, I like to do, you know, I like to go out, I like to do stuff, I like to, you know, during the winter, I like to go snowboarding, and man, I wish I would have gotten the good news six months ago, because Jesus Christ, all the snow this year, uh, it would have been, it would have been the perfect year to get out and enjoy some good snowboarding, uh, but I couldn't do it, because uh, I fail all my concussion tests. They put me through a whole battery of tests. I fail them miserably. And I can't even coach um, Little League or anything like that like I used to because of the concussions and the risk I would run, you know, if I got hit by a ball or something like that. So it was just made very clear to me by people who are close to me and care about me. You probably shouldn't risk it. You know, I can't even really... For a while, I mean, maybe not so much recently, but about, you know, the first four or five years of having really severe post-concussion syndrome, I mean, I got knocked the fuck out at least a half a dozen times. I mean, just lights out. So for a while, like, I couldn't even, like, go for a jog without getting dizzy and nauseous, and eventually some of those symptoms kind of went away was having problems with my memory like I'm you know still to to this day like uh, I would be really interested to take some tests or something to find out what happened with my memory because there's been a couple times where I uh, my wife has just said out of nowhere and I don't even know the context of what she says she's like I'm a little worried about you like we just had this conversation two hours ago and you're asking about it again so I mean, sometimes it's tough. Most of the time, I'm just, if it is a problem, I'm oblivious, just fucking oblivious to it. But um, about three or four years ago was the first time, like, I actually passed all the tests, and I was, like, so pumped up. And then I went and got another concussion about a month later. Um, I kind of kept that hush-hush. I mean, I'm pretty much an open book with you guys, but, like, I kept that. Like, I didn't really want to talk about all that on the podcast. I mean, everybody knows I have on and off again problems with my health i have on and off problems again when it comes to um what has been described to me by my doctors as moderate to severe depression and bipolar disorder um so the last few years or you know especially especially the last three or four years kind of been hard with that because like i was in the clear and then I just I took it I took it too fast, too hard, and got another one. So went go back about every I don't know, probably twelve to sixteen months or so, get the tests again, fail miserably, and I, now I was back. This time took the tests twice, passed both times, so it looks like I'm doing okay now, and this time I learned my lesson. You know, people people keep telling me you just always, constantly in everything you do, you push yourself too fucking hard, and you can't just keep pushing yourself until you break, and then kind of just bail out of the the thing you like to do because you just push yourself too hard. So, um, not only going along with this uh, kind of new lifestyle of not having to be. Uh, worried about failing concussion tests and stuff like that now i have to just kind of adjust my behavior a little bit you know like for instance right now the new thing is i cracked two ribs at work about two weeks ago 
Um, and and fuck, my wife doesn't even know I cracked two ribs. Uh, I told uh, I told a, a few people within my social circle. They immediately got angry at me because they're like, "Oh, of course you're just gonna go to work and lift heavy things. That's what you do. You're pushing yourself too hard." So. You know, I think I'm in the clear. I think the I think the ribs are starting to heal up nicely. Uh, I had walking pneumonia for a month. Uh, I got a I got a, a a a tooth broken and driven into my jawbone that got all infected at the beginning of this year. So it is so fucking good to finally get some good news medically, and it's probably one of the the best pieces of news I could have gotten after just such a frustrating long and just arduous fucking process of of trying to get myself to where I can go out and do like normal people exercises I can go and you know go if I wanted to go um you know climbing or something like that without the worry of just getting dizzy from post concussion syndrome and falling off of a fucking cliff or something like that and it's not even like I particularly enjoy doing a lot of that stuff. I always think like hiking is just another way of people just it's a fancy schmancy term to make walking outside seem more important than what it is. Well, I'm not just walking, I'm hiking. It's like eh, it's just fucking walking around outside with special equipment. That's all it is. Um it's kind of like picnicking. It's just fucking eating outside that's what it is like don't it, it's i know it's semantics but i uh, i like to bust the balls of people who are like i'm a big hiker oh so you just go walk around outside no i go hiking well what's the difference like what's the difference between you with your hiking gear on and me with like my tennis shoes or my sneakers whichever term you want to use walking on that same path and I don't consider myself, I don't consider it hiking. I consider it going for a walk. I think hiking is just going for a walk outside with ego added. <laughs> but like if I wanted to do hiking or something, I couldn't do it. Because, you know, what if I fucking fell off a cliff or something like that? I know, it's it's being overprotective. But now it looks like I might... Finally, I'm going to slowly ease myself back into it. Don't worry, I'm not going to go out on a, on a skateboard and try to <laughs> try to run down a flight of stairs with it or something like that. That ain't fucking happening. I'm not going to do uh, kickboxing or judo or anything like that. I'm not going to enter a career in boxing or anything. But I just want to be able to go play a pickup basketball game or, you know, go for a jog and just get healthier and get back in better shape. And I mean, that that was part of the problem is you you combine depression with the inability to try to make yourself healthier and it and it just became to me uh, a dangerous just kind of circle of excuses to not want to better myself in other areas cuz I mean, how many times has this podcast been stop and start cuz of one thing or another, whether it be my fault or not? I mean, some of it was just bad luck, and some of it, like, like right now, I'm kind of stuck in this limbo, watching my do- uh, downloads every week go down again, because I'm just, I'm, like, out of wrestling. I'm just, I, 
don't really feel like talking about it all that much. But like I think um I think the wrestling for this is gonna be special occasions on this podcast, like this one. Like I'm gonna watch specific events or something like that. Like if Robert like he told me, watch Redemption, I'm like, uh, all right, I'll watch Redemption, no problem. But I just wanted to share that news with you guys because I know, like I said, uh, part of my decision-making when I started doing this podcast was, you know, I kind of want to just connect with everybody on a personal level. And Jesus Christ, if you listen to the last seven years of me doing podcasting, some of it has been pouring my fucking heart out uh, and giving probably too much information away. But anyway... Enough of that, enough of the crying. I got a little emotional there. Got a got a tear in my right eye, and it's because I'm happy, man. Like I'm you know, it's been uh it's been an up and down 2018 for old Uncle Hoof so far, and I've met a lot of uh, the last 3 weeks of just meeting cool people on the internet. Jesus, so much so much just, "Hey, how you doing today? Is everything better? How you doing?" Like just so much love and uh it does. It it, it really uh, it really makes me appreciate positivity. Cause Jesus Christ, I go to work, no positivity there, man. And sometimes even uh, even when things are down and things are in a in a funk, it's it's harder to dig yourself out of when like for instance my wife is going through like the same funk, the same problems. Cause we work in the same place, and you know when one of us is down, the other one's down, and the other one worries, and it's just. It's just nice to have some positivity, and I hope I can take the positivity that people give me from uh, this podcast, my 94 Club friends, uh, a lot of my new friends that I'm meeting, and uh, the one or two people that I you know, deal with on a daily basis that are fucking awesome, and hopefully I can just start spreading that around. That's my goal now, as I wake up and I'm like, alright, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to make people laugh, I'm gonna try to spread some positivity... And uh, today, I'm going to try to talk about some wrestling. And in order to do that, this needs to happen. Right, Gregory? You know you know it's coming. Prepare your bodies for me to press the number two key so that you can all hear. Shake down, break down, take down. Everybody wants you to cry tonight. Break down, take down. You're busted. This episode has been uh, un unofficially brought to you by the great taste of vanilla coke zero the taste of a new generation that is the wrong catchphrase for the wrong kind of soda but fuck you let's go with it all right i even wrote down some notes uh pull up my phone here um because my first thought going into this pay-per-view without even knowing anything about it i didn't know any of the matches on the card None. I didn't know anything about the card. I was hoping to see Sammy uh, uh, Sammy Callahan versus Eddie Edwards. I was hoping for a one-on-one match. Maybe we'll get that in June when they have Wrestle Cade Fest Tussle or whatever the next TNA pay-per-view is going to be. But um, yeah, Robert said he gave this a B-plus to an A-minus. Uh, now at least I know exactly where Robert's head is and what he wants out of wrestling. Because if you like just wrestling matches that are good, 
There's a lot of athleticism and next to no story. And it's just basically a really well put together star studded independent show. Then yes, I highly, highly suggest Redemption as a good source of uh, what is great about independent wrestling right now. Um, it's just it's just a shift though. It's a it's a shift in philosophies where you know when we started the Across the Line podcast seven years ago, it was all about like, man, let's try to compete with the WWE. Let's try to get their old stars and let's 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 build from there. Let's be a number two wrestling promotion. Now I would say. Man, and I might get some heat for this. Impact Wrestling is definitely behind WWE. They're definitely behind Impact Wrestling. They're probably behind Ring of Honor at this point. They're behind New Japan. Uh, the The landscape has also changed when Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are doing their own little thing, which I could not be less interested in. Like, seriously, I hate the Young Bucks. I hate Cody Rhodes. I don't want any of that New Japan influence. I, I don't want any of it. I don't want those stupid-ass fans. I don't want any of that. So I couldn't be less interested. And that's one of the, you know, that's one of the reasons why I don't even watch Ring of Honor that much. It's like, that's ah, too much of the New Japan influence. At least, at least Impact Wrestling, if they're going to do the indie market, which essentially is what they're doing. They're now, a, at, at best, a regional Canadian promotion that has a very light TV deal. And is basically now concentrating on the quote-unquote smart mark crowd and the independent crowd that will watch anything. Um, yeah, this is th- this 2018 Impact Wrestling is nowhere even fucking remotely close in any way to the 2011 TNA promotion where uh, when we started this whole thing. So right away. You have to adjust your thinking. And I decided, I have to decide, is Impact Wrestling the place where I want to go to watch indie wrestling? When I can go and watch Wrestle Circus on Twitch, where they're doing kind of different things. Um, is it be- is it better than me watching uh, Shimmer? Because I'm a big women's wrestling fan. You know, and that's pretty much the only good thing about the WWE product right now. I think that my focal point every time I watch any WWE TV is I'm like, what are the, what is the, you know, what are the women doing? They're the ones with the stories. They're the ones who are, uh, who are putting on interesting, I, I don't know, just general interesting programs, I guess. But yeah, like I have to decide now, is Impact Wrestling now the destination for independent wrestling? And I don't know. Let's find out together as we start this thing. Uh, It was a nice little video package to start off with where they make it clear, this is our redemption. You know, we fucked up before, we kept fucking up, but now this is a different thing. This is a whole different era, and it's uh, now the 49th reboot of this promotion. And this is Impact Wrestling. We got new belts. And I got to say, the belts that they introduced, drastic improvement. Like, Jesus, I love I love the blue 
theme and the blue tint to all the belts. All the belts look a little samey, uh, but it's fine. I mean, I've got zero problem with the belts. I think they're pretty sharp looking, actually. I'd take one of those belts and put it in my man cave. But yeah, this is Impact Wrestling, and we're starting new. And please forgive us. Please, <laughs> This is a new thing. So to start off our Impact Wrestling pay-per-view, let's have Drago versus Aerostar, two guys from... Uh, Lucha Underground wrestling each other because wrestling match. Why are they fighting? Because wrestling match. Um, I mean, and you guys know, you guys know the drill. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to break down move by move. Uh, it's just all kind of choreographed stuff that goes on way too long. All these matches are. I'm not interested. I am not the person to speak on it intelligently, so I'm not even going to try. I will say, I mean, this kind of reminds me of some of the better uh, WCW pay-per-views back in the day where you take uh, two athletic guys that are going to put on a good match, get the crowd hot, uh, just like WCW did with the Cruiserweights. And that was this was good. I mean, Aerostar wins with like a like a springboard codebreaker type deal. And it was slightly botched. I mean, it didn't look good. It just looked painful. Uh, you know, it was one of those deals where, I mean, it's fine. It was a good, solid match. Uh, really weird, though, still, that the first thing you see on this return to pay-per-view is a couple of guys you see on Lucha Underground every week. I mean, it's just... I don't know. Here, let me get a drink of Coke while I think about this. I guess I could ride the middle and say that I think it's cool that Impact Wrestling has uh, a, a good relationship with other independent promotions at this point. Anytime a bunch of people can... A bunch of the uh, the athletes can get seen on multiple platforms. Obviously, it helps. But man, with a <laughs> uh, when when uh, when it's an Impact Wrestling show, when it, when people are asking, when when Impact Wrestling is asking you, it's right in the title, pay per view. They want you to pay money to see Lucha Underground wrestlers. Who you can catch on TV for free. Really weird to me. But hey, if I just take, if I don't overthink it and I just take a look at it as all alone on an island and I keep in mind that this is now a different thing. You can you can argue the logistics of, of whether Impact Wrestling is an independent promotion or not. You're like, oh, but they have a TV deal. It's like, yeah, but they're also just gathering up talent wherever they can find it. Um... You know, having short-term bursty programs with each other, and uh, you know, doing a lot of stuff on Twitch. Like, let's take a look. I did this the other time, and I've been a Twitch monster recently. People are actually trying to get me to uh, stream some of these podcasts, and I'm like, I don't know, not sure about that. But Impact Wrestling right now, 97 viewers on Twitch. What do they got going on? in the ring that's what I'm defending so you don't think Jeremiah Crane deserved 
to oh, apologize. Oh, it's Andy Edwards versus Jeremiah Crane. From, They're just um, words, Josh. From, uh, what do you call it, uh, WrestleMania weekend. So that was probably as close as I'm going to get to uh, my Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan one-on-one match that I want because that's the only storyline that I knew of going into this pay-per-view. And I'm like, oh, maybe they set up a bunch of really in- other interesting things. We'll see. We'll get into that as we go along. So after uh, after Aerostar beats Drago, or Drago, however you want to pronounce it, the announcers start setting up. And by the way, the announcers here are Josh Matthews and uh, Cyrus, or... Don Callis, whichever, at Cyrus over huge on Twitter. And I like Don Callis. I think he's a good announcer. Like the the couple of New Japan events that I watched where he was doing color commentary for the English feed, uh, I thought it was fine. I think he, I think he's a good color commentator. Uh, color commentator. I don't know anything about his about his businessman attributes or anything like that. I don't know anything about that. I don't know if he's I have no opinion on him as a as an owner of a company or president of a company because I just I'm not I'm not the smartest of smart marks I guess. But uh, yeah, they uh, they start set. And by the way, I've said this to to Robert and I say it to you guys. I think Josh Matthews is is uh, horribly underrated as an announcer. I think he's better than Michael Cole. I think he's better than I don't even remember who's the lead announcer on SmackDown because I'm going to be honest with you. I pay zero attention to the announcing usually on a show, but like if I'll tune in and just go like, oh, are these guys good? Yeah. Mauro Ranallo is still my favorite. Like I think his his passion just comes through. Like he he makes the matches better. You know, when somebody does something impressive, like Mauro Ranallo will get up off of his ass. He'll stand up over there and just scream to you, the viewers, like, how fucking great was that, you guys? That's pretty much you know, Josh Matthews is not that good, but like I think I would say, uh, taking just the TNA slash Impact Wrestling slash WWE slash NXT kind of landscape, I think Josh Matthews is the second best announcer that I uh, that I'm looking at right now. Can't think of anybody better. But yeah, the announcer starts setting up uh, the tag match for later. And they play the wrong video package. Now, <clears throat> I don't get angry about that. Hey, shit happens. But it is kind of a disconnect. You start to lose faith in the show right off the bat. And you're like, well, Impact Wrestling isn't improving. It's just they're still doing the same shit. And uh, they, they, they cut to Josh Matthews and Evan Bourne for some reason. And then they come back. And then they, the announcers talk for a little while, kind of reset, and then they show the correct video package. And this is the point in the show where I 100% lost faith that this show was going to be any good. We have Eli Drake, who I've gone on record and say, I don't get the guy, I don't get why people love him. I don't get, people say he's a really good talker, and to me, it's. It, it it would be it would be like me getting on here going, "Hello, everybody. I am James Hoover. I am a, a wrestling podcast host." Like he sounds like he's trying to be a gimmick, and that's fine and dandy. But it's like he's trying to do an impression 
of somebody who can cut a good promo and he's just doing it badly. So Eli Drake just rubs me the wrong way. I cannot think of a guy that everybody's like, oh, you need to check out this Eli Drake guy. He's right up your alley. And then I watch him and I go, no, this guy isn't right up my alley. He's pretending to be a wrestler that I would like and doing it piss poorly. Kind of like how I'm doing a wrestling podcast and doing it piss poorly. So don't go up to somebody who is a big something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard fan and then, oh, if you like that, you'll like the 94 Club podcast. No, I'm not any of those guys. I'm just an amateur with a microphone who's here doing it for the social aspects of it because I love talking to people. I am not a wrestling expert and neither is Eli Drake, apparently. (sighs) But they show... Okay. Now... I want you guys to correct me if I'm wrong here, because maybe we have differing definitions on what storylines are, what telling a story is in wrestling. Now, the story here is that Eli Drake won a tag title shot at Feaster Fired, okay? He, you know, I saw that episode too. He wasn't, first of all, he was not excited to have the tag title shot in the first place. He was upset, and he just basically... If you watch the product, this match was buried from the get-go. Like they are, like Eli Drake does not want any part of having a fucking tag team title match with anybody. Now, of course, they no sell that coming into this match. That was not really. But anyway, the current tag champs, LAX, which um, I, I miss the old LAX, you guys. Homicide and Hernandez, that's my LAX. These guys are fine. But anytime in the history of wrestling where you take a tag team and repackage them as the new anything, it doesn't work. It never has. I dare you to find one example. As soon as you added Crush to Demolition, done! It's over. Demolition is now... Same thing with the Road Warriors once they added uh, Heidenreich or LOD 2000. I don't even remember who all that was. But, man, once Hawk was gone, Road Warriors slash Legion of Doom, Dunsky. The new Midnight Express, come on. Come on. Really? Or if you ever have a, a tag team with the word team anywhere in their name. Team 3D. Fuck that. What was the Kane and Daniel Bryan one that was terrible? Team Hell No. Stop that. Like, spend more than eight seconds on a fucking tag team name. I mean, good lord, bands can come up with great names. But tag teams, nothing. Man, the Undisputed Era. Oh, Jesus. Absolution. The Riot Squad with two T's. Good fucking God. The Iconics. I want you to take any of those names that I just said, and if they were punk rock bands that you didn't know anything about, but you like punk rock music, if you saw a show with, with uh, you're like, oh, they got a, like a local punk rock show coming, and the bands are the Iconics. Team Hell No. 
<laughs> the undisputed era. You would go fuck that. I'm not seeing any of these, and they could be the they could be the best fucking bands you've ever seen. But right away, there's just nothing pops off the page with the names. LAX is at least better. But, um, you know, and apparently Conan was not at this show because they wrote him off in a backstage segment where somebody named King or The King was talking to the members of LAX and Conan got jumped and taken out somewhere. Um, and the match itself, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, Eli Drake had a surprise tag team partner that he announced a couple weeks before. And if you already know who it is, you already know where I'm going with this. If you don't know, let me try to paint a picture with words. We start off this Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. And me and Robert had a discussion uh, off the record, off Twitter, in our direct messages about how I'm like, Jesus, fucking Impact Wrestling doesn't have any homegrown talents really, do they? LAX might be close, because you don't, I don't, I haven't seen either of those guys wrestle anywhere else. Maybe, maybe they wrestle, maybe they've wrestled in AAA or CMLL. I have no idea. I don't pay attention to those products other than reading results. But, uh, you know, he made the argument because I think he said, like, Ben Hameen said Eli Drake was a homegrown talent. And I'm like, well, not to. Not to disagree with Ben Hameen, but um, I mean Eli Drake did wrestle in NXT at one point. I mean that was a long time ago. He he had about as much success and maybe even less so than EC3 did when he wrestled as Derek Bateman. But yeah, he was there as Sean Ricker. I think so. Maybe I misspoke. Let me uh, uh let me look up Eli Drake. But I mean the the bottom line here is 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 um. Independent circuit, he wrestled. Wait, this guy is Eli Drake is thirty-five. Alright. Let's see. World Wrestling Entertainment. Ricker made yeah, Sean Ricker made his first World Wrestling Entertainment appearance in two thousand and six, teaming up with John Moxley to take on the big show. His second appearance was in two thousand eight in a dark match on the ECW programming, teaming with Gene Schnitzky in a in a losing effort to crime time. So Snitsky and Eli Drake versus Crime Time. Grab your mind around that. Uh, in May two thousand thirteen Reported Ricker, along with several other independent wrestlers, was ongoing, undergoing the necessary medical testing, the necessary medical testing required to be in WWE. He reported to the WWE Performance Center. Ricker started using the name Slate Randall, and he defeated Yoshitatsu in a dark match at the NXT's October television tapings. He was released uh, in October, or I'm sorry, in August of 2014. Uh, he returned to the independent circuit, and then um, now he's apparently a big deal in Impact Wrestling. So, I mean, I guess that's as close as you're going to get. And if you're if you're talking about TNA slash Impact Wrestling homegrown talent, at this point, you really have to loosen the definition. 
you have to say homegrown talent is now who has made the biggest name in Impact Wrestling and almost nowhere else. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, you're you're probably going to say Eli Drake now that everybody else is fucking gone is at the top of that list. So what do you do? You team him up with Scott Hamcubes Steiner and have them win the tag titles. <clears throat> so... Your first two matches now are teaming your apparently your top homegrown talent with a 55-year-old Ham Cubes, who is, of course, best known for his WCW and WWE work. And they brought him in just because he's, he's a loose cannon, and he says racist things, and he's a fucking idiot who can't talk, and uh, great. Go back to Shoney's, man. Really? This is... You're taking your top homegrown guy and teaming him with a 55 year old guy that can barely walk or talk this match was shit it was horse shit garbage rubbish trash it was a bad idea from the start this was not going to get over with me at all eli and ham cubes win the tag titles so i no longer give a flying fuck about impact wrestling's goddamn tag division and i think that that was the only thing that i saw that robert was saying negative uh probably just the involvement of ham cubes and definitely ham cubes winning the tag titles i think that's probably a spot where me and robert are gonna agree but me and him have a a really good uh, relationship over the last seven years of of you know maybe like he says he's giving it an a minus i'm probably not going to give it that grade i'd have to think about it for a minute but even though, even if I'm not giving the show as high of a grade, we'll find a lot of common ground. Because that's a lot of these arguments about anything in life, usually. But especially, like, the quality of wrestling. We all have a large section of common ground. And in this case, I think me and Robert can both agree. <sighs> Scott Steiner can take a flying leap. Up next, a six-man match. Now, at least it wasn't a six-man tag, because that's immediately what I thought of. They're like, let's go to a six-man match. And this is one of these matches, again, where what are, what's the reason why they're having it? Because um, wrestling match. We need to put wrestling matches on a wrestling show, right? No story here. None. None at all. They have Trevor Lee, um, who looks remarkably like this guy I work with named Caleb. Um, I mean, it is, it is, it is, it is shocking. I think Trevor Lee is a little more narrower. I'm not saying it's just like his head is narrower picture. If you want to picture the guy I work with, take Trevor Lee and just kind of make his head 50% larger. And I think you're right on. So we got Trevor Lee, Desmond Xavier, Ishimori, and by the way, they put the wrong name when Ishimori came out. They put El Hio del Fantasma on the screen, and then El Hio del Fantasma comes out after that, and they put his name up again. So, nice, he gets double billing in this match. Uh, just, man, another, another, another penalty flag thrown there. Another production error, but that's fine. I'm not going to sit and nitpick on that, because... How many fucking errors have I made already in this podcast? I'm not going to throw stones in a glass house, friends. Uh, Zima Ion, who was uh, another guy that you can probably say is 
probably as close to homegrown as you're going to get, but what the fuck has he really done? Like, guy is horribly underused. And Brian Cage. So basically when I saw this, I'm just like, okay, so it's Brian Cage murdering five guys. And this is Lucha Rules, and I'm like, oh, God, what the fuck is that now? Lucha Rules? Okay, explain it. And they did. They explained it to me. Two guys are in, and you can tag each other, and if someone gets tossed out, uh, somebody else can come in. And my first question was, okay, somebody gets tossed out, how do you decide who comes in? Like, anybody can just get in? How? Why is it that all the people don't just try to get in? Because it's one pinfall to a win. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Um, it, it's Lucha rules. So Lucha means Lucha. I don't know if you guys knew this. It's loosely translated to absolutely no psychology, no sense made. We're just going to do a lot of flippity doos, a lot of whirly McGigs, a lot of a lot of choreographed stunts, a couple of botches in this. I mean, I'm a big Brian Cage fan. He was clunky at times in this, but like he got in there and did what Brian Cage should do, which is. Uh, fucking murder people. And that was the finish to this match, is Brian Cage murders people and uh, gets the win. Uh, just another, like like the first match, another just great kind of athletic filler material, and that's... <clears throat> yeah, that's... Okay, let's just move on. Uh, we got Allie, who is another character that people love that I just I can't connect with because I don't think I'm the correct demographic. I think... That's probably Allie is probably your 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 Bailey substitute, you know, like very very huggable, very likable, and I'm a th- uh, you know I'm a I'm a I'm a dude who's in his thirties and constantly grumpy. Um, I don't like likable, huggable people. So I was a fan of the chick from The Grudge, who is who Allie wrestled in this match for the Knockouts Championship. I mean, at least there's somewhat of a story here. And this goes back to me saying again, like I think, uh, I think across the board, women's wrestling is being taken more seriously, getting more time and getting more thought put into it. Because I mean, at least here, I mean, there's somewhat a semblance of a story, uh, kind of intertwined with the ladies and Braxton Sutter, you know. But um, uh, they 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 showed that, so I'm thinking, okay, cool, that's what we're getting next, you know. And I just talked about all that. And uh, that's not what we get. We get Kira Hogan versus Ty Valkyrie. So I set all that up to make a point, okay? You set up a big, long five, six, seven-minute package, and then you go to something else. So when by the time Kira Hogan and Ty Valkyrie came out, I'm just like, no, that's... Forget it. Um, Tessa Blanchard was on commentary, which uh, shocked me. Uh, that's a good pickup for Impact Wrestling, man. Tessa Blanchard is the real fucking deal, and I hope they, uh, I, I hope they use her. I mean, she's just kind of playing, like, the bitch role. Like, she's just kind of Alexa Bliss bitchy. Which is fine. She's really good at it. I think she's every bit as good of it. I think she's every bit as good at being the bitch as Alexa Bliss is. However... I think Tessa Blanchard can wrestle a little bit better. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of hers, and plus, I mean, you know, she's got name value, so she can use that. So in that case, she's kind of like Charlotte. 
I'm just making comparisons there. I mean, like, I'm not calling Tessa Blanchard a low-rent Charlotte, because uh, I think Tessa Blanchard can be amazing on her own, but I'm just giving you guys comparisons in case you don't. Uh, giving you a little a little 411. But yeah, she was on commentary. She did a good job of kind of portraying the bitch. Um, Taya wins. It was a decent match. Uh, Kira Hogan just isn't clicking with me. Don't know why. She's fine, I guess. How about this? Low rent Naomi. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's that's not nice to say, I know, but uh PD Williams versus Matt Seidel for the X Division Championship. Again, there's no real feud here, and if it was, it was kind of hot shotted, very uh very loosely, lazily put together. And that's what a lot of feuds are. Now, 90% of feuds that you see on any given show, um, whether it be this one or whether it be the WWE, it's just kind of loosely thrown together and then ended at the next big show. I mean, obviously, we coming up after I talk about the X Division match is something completely different, but I'm even gonna I'm even going to try to change your mind on that a little bit. But Petey Williams versus Matt Seidel for the X Division Championship. Again, another good match. But, like, just kind of, I think it's closer, uh, again, to my problem of just a a match for the sake of having a fucking match. Why are they fighting? Because wrestling match. And there's an X Division title involved. It's like, man, why can't somebody be, like, really having a story and feuding for this? Like... Feuding for a title is not a story. That's that's basically, you know, winner versus loser. That's that's not a story. That's that's the result. You know, that's kind of like saying who do the who are the Brewers playing today? My 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 beloved Milwaukee Brewers. I should know this. I think they're playing somebody horrible. Let's see. All right, let's just take. Let's, I just I just saw it popped up. The New York Yankees beat the Minnesota Twins fourteen to one. Now they're playing for something. They're playing for a win. All right. Now, does that mean that there was a story involved? No, it's just comp- It's 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 competition. So when you know the competition is fake, why do I give a fuck who wins? I don't care who wins between Petey Williams and Matt Seidel because there's no reason for me. You haven't you haven't hooked me. You haven't invested me in one way or the other. Petey Williams was probably the babyface. Matt Seidel was probably the heel. I don't know because I don't watch the fucking show every week. I kind of like both guys. But if there's no story and there's nothing really to drive any narrative in, to, in this match, why the fuck do I care? I don't want to watch... Yet another wrestling match. I don't give a shit. I don't even know. Like, I think Petey Williams had the X Division case. I don't know if this was a cash-in of that or not. I don't give a shit. Um, Side uh, is a great... There was a lot of impressive flippity-doos. There was a lot of a lot of great kind of high-risk, high-impact, great offense. And, like, if you're... If you're asking me for what match I enjoyed the most, it's probably this one. Lots of great things that no man should be doing to another man. And uh, after all that, 
we get kind of a modified roll-up and Seidel retains. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm the match was great. The Everything around it's just like, God, this would have been really good had anybody gave a fuck to... This was probably a match, I bet you, that two or three weeks ago you didn't even know was going to fucking happen. And they just lazily threw it together. And especially in Impact Wrestling, I mean, I know I keep driving home that point. It's just like, why are these fuckers fighting? I can't imagine how hard it would be to be a member of the creative team in Impact Wrestling right now, knowing that at any time, like, fuckers could be leaving and coming in. There's no room for long-term stories. And that's fine. I'm not saying that there even should be. All I'm saying is that's what I like in wrestling, and I certainly as hell ain't getting it watching any of these independent promotions. Now, let's get to the good stuff for me. Okay, this this whole angle, this whole match was uh, at least interesting. And not only that, you know that the rest of the show was pointless if I'm saying that a six-man tag might have been the match of uh, at least the, the the match of top interest. I'm not into hardcore crap at all. ECW was it was what it was. Like it's fine. Like the more I watch of it, the more I'm like, eh, it kind of has the stigma of every match has barbed wire and thumbtacks and exploding light tubes and people backing over each other with garbage trucks or whatever. Like I don't think that actually happened, but you know, I wasn't into that, but yeah, the more I watch of it, the more I'm like, no, they had good shit, there was good, there was good stuff there, it's just, a lot of it was illogical, but sometimes you don't want logic, sometimes you want to leave your, your logic at the door with your coat and hat and just watch a bunch of fucking insane shit, and, um, if you like doing that, then goddamn, you loved ECW, and you probably love this pay-per-view, and this match, too, but, I mean, we get, O-V-E versus Tommy Dreamer. Again, why? Why is it Tommy Dreamer? Because this is a hardcore match, and you have to represent other wrestling promotions, so they brought in Tommy Dreamer to represent House of Hardcore. Moose and Eddie Edwards, and I've gone on records and on record as saying I am not an Eddie Edwards fan. In this feud between Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan, I think Sammy Callahan is the more compelling of the two performers. I think Eddie Edwards is vanilla ice cream boring. But that's just my opinion. Again, like don't don't come at me like with with your why Eddie Edwards is fucking tremendous because I don't like either of the American Wolves at this point. But at least there's a backstory to this. And my problem with it is, man, this is an accidental backstory. This is just them being handed with something. And even professional wrestling writers at this point can't be so lazy as to not capitalize on this. Uh, You have to wonder, what would the creative have been in this what I'm calling pretty much the main event of the pay-per-view for me? It's the reason why I wanted to watch it was the reason why when Robert said, if this match were, if this match weren't on the card, like I would have told Robert, hey, thanks, pal, I love you. Uh, send your best to the misses, or send my best to the misses. Hope everything's going cool for you guys down in Louisiana. I love Louisiana, but fuck off, I'm not watching this show. Um, but you have to wonder what would the creative have been had Sammy not botched a baseball shot, a baseball bat shot. What would the creative have been here? Would they even been on the show? And I mean, I mean, it's a lot of what ifs, but 
Man, because of that, because of the organic nature, because of Sammy Callahan doing such a fucking tremendous job of just going, fuck all these fans, fuck the people that say I'm unsafe, screw these people. And especially if you listen to his podcast with uh, Chris Jericho, like he just came across as the most vile, fucking disgusting human being possible. And uh, I'm like, cool, I want to see this. And even though I'm a fan of Sammy Callahan, I wanted to see him get his comeuppance. And um, this match, the, the the wrestling match itself, ended with a roll-up after um, Callahan kind of cheap-shotted Dreamer in the cock meat and rolled him up. <clears throat> uh, what would an Impact Wrestling show be without every fucking match ending with some sort of roll-up? Afterwards, though, Eddie Edwards is like, just because uh, the bell rang doesn't mean my night is over. He beat the fuck out of Sammy Callahan. Uh, He tied him to the ropes and started to cane the fuck out of him. The referee came in. He got beat up for his troubles. The Chris, one of the Chris brothers tried to come in. He got the fuck beat out of him. Even Tommy Dreamer just couldn't get through to him. And then (laughs) Alicia Edwards comes running in to try to plead with her husband, came from behind, grabbed his arm, and got caned in the face. (laughs) The only two things that I could find to pick on about that ending, and these are real minute points. Number one, Alicia Edwards is a wrestler. You should know that if a guy is seeing red, or a girl, if somebody's in there just going apeshit, you do not come up from behind and tried to grab somebody by their arm and spin them around. What the fuck do you think was going to happen? It was an accident, and that shouldn't have happened. But, man, some of the blame has to be put on Alicia Edwards at this point. I'm not saying she got what was coming to her, but I'm like, well, that's questionable. You shouldn't do that. So, the second thing that I got to kind of pick on is... (laughs) <laughs> you have Sammy Callahan he's been murdered right he's 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 bleeding out of his head he just got he just got a bunch of tape wrapped around his arms to the ropes so that it holds him in place and Eddie Edwards beat the living holy hell out of his fucking head with a kendo stick and he's bleeding Alicia Edwards gets a grazed shot to the side of the head and the medics pour out of the back room. Every single one of them is, is attending to, to Alicia Edwards. <laughs> and the announcers are just selling like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, my God. We, we, uh, we, oh, oh. They're, I mean, and, and that's what you're supposed to do. And they did a good job of it. But I, I kind of laughed. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I could accidentally hit my wife in the side of the face with a kendo stick, and she would just get up and get pissed off. Like, a kendo stick won't knock you out when you just kind of swing your arm back and accidentally hit somebody on the side of the head with a kendo stick. It's going to fucking hurt, especially if you get hit, like, in the ear or the eyeball. It's not going to knock you out like that. So, 
it's nitpicky. It still was overall the most entertainment that I got out of the pay-per-view. Good stuff. Really good stuff. And I still hope we get the, not the, uh, what is it? The guy, what was the guy's name from, uh, Jebediah Crane. You're not wrestling Sammy Callahan. You're wrestling Jebediah Crane because I'm from Lucha Underground, not from Impact. And that's who's wrestling at WrestleMania weekend. Like, I'm not watching that. I want to see this story's conclusion. And I will, so long as I'm alive and that that story is going to come to some sort of conclusion, I want to be there for the finale. So Impact Wrestling's continuing to sell me there. But again, I, I need to preface that and and also put it my period at the end of the sentence by saying it was all an accident this wasn't creative this this wasn't somebody creating compelling television it's compelling television that accidentally happened and a couple of really fucking great performers made it happen has nothing to do with impact at all uh, the chick from the grudge versus Allie for the knockouts title. Cool. We saw the video package and the setup for this about an hour and a half ago in the show. Um, it was a shortish kind of match, which was which was fine. Got in and got out. Um, this was your cooldown slot uh, between the heavy-handed brutality and the main event. So you have the little. Uh, you have a little fluff piece here with Allie uh, beating uh, the chick from the grudge with a roll-up. Braxton uh, gets red-misted and his throat fist-fucked after he uh, tries to, I don't know, I, I, honestly propose marriage is probably what was happening. At that point, I kind of wandered away. I'm like, I need, to get some, I need to get some breakfast in me because I finished watching the rest of this this morning. And in, in between the two... Uh, watching sessions of this pay-per-view is when I had my doctor's appointment. So, like, I was... uh, It's kind of in and out being mentally connected to this pay-per-view anyway. This match was what it was. I mean, at least, least, like I said, there's some story there. So, cool. The story continues. But at this point, like, is it... I don't know. Like, what's the ending to this story? Like, every week, Braxton Sutter gets his comeuppance, and it's just kind of regurgitated amongst, like, all of the women. Like, is he going to actually just end up with one of these women? Because I know, I mean, the, the the two people that play Braxton Sutter and Allie are, like, a real-life unit. So, I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to see how it goes. But at least there's some semblance of a, of a calculated... Uh, pre-programmed story going here so you know what it's probably you know from my taste probably the second best uh angle slash match on the card and then of course uh the main event was austin aries the current impact wrestling champion versus phoenix versus pentagon so we have austin aries versus two more lucha underground people that's like a baker's half dozen like is that a thing like a baker's dozen is 13 is a baker's half dozen seven probably not but that's i mean it's a lot of people from lucha underground on this show Oof, man uh just i don't know uh it was a solid match that's all i can say i'm a big pentagon fan um it's interesting that he won he did win after he pretty much broke 
Austin Aries' arm and hit him with the Pentagon Driver. Yeah, that's right. That that's that's the creative name for his finisher, the Pentagon Driver. Mm. So I'm not hating. I'm not. I mean, it sounds like I'm hating on all the Lucha Underground influence on this show, but it is kind of weird. Like it's it's different. Um, it's fine for a WrestleMania show, like a spectacle, but man, you're not gaining much ground. Like this just makes me want to go watch Lucha Underground, to be honest with you. And I think that's probably the point, but this show was, it was different. It, it, I'll say it's not what I was expecting. Uh, I was expecting an impact wrestling show. And that is not what we got. We got a kind of a super card for the indies. And again, like that's that's fine. There are going to be a lot of people out there that are going to like that. I don't know if that's going to hold me long term. But if they can start getting some interesting storylines going and shit like that, I don't see why this couldn't work. This is a good first step. This is, I mean, I'm... I mean, I'll stop short of, of of saying what Robert said. This is not the greatest wrestling show I've seen in a number of years. Every Shimmer event that I've seen in the last four or five years, every single one of them has had more coherent storytelling than what we saw here. This was just a lot of matches for the sake of having matches. And, uh, you know, I just, other than... You know, other than the the story, the loose story in the women's title match, uh, and other than the ongoing saga between uh, Sammy and Eddie, I mean, what what story was ended in this pay per view, and what one began? I mean, sure, we got t- new t- champions, so new title reigns again. That's that's just. Uh, that's just the nature of competition. Somebody's got to win and somebody has to lose. So the storyline going forward is Ham Cubes and Eli are, are the winners. So now they challenge the next team to see if they can still be the winners. I don't know, man. Like, uh, wrestling sucks. <laughs> can we just Can we just agree that... Let's again. Let's find common ground here. Because if I say wrestling sucks, people are going to start, you know, people are going to start huffing and puffing and getting all mad at me. What I mean to say is, for what I want out of wrestling right now, which is compelling reasons to watch, other than let's have two guys wrestle and see who the winner and the loser is in a choreographed, predetermined match like you're gonna have to do more than that i've seen that okay i'm i'm 39 years old i've been watching wrestling since i could walk i need more i need it to evolve i need it to be a little more relatable as a dude who likes to watch wrestling i need more than just Let's have to because I can get I can get better entertainment out of who's going to be the winner and who's going to be the loser in every real sport. There's more drama in the fucking last round of a golf tournament than there is on a professional wrestling show. 
because they're not doing a very good job of making compelling characters and, and interesting stories. So rather than me saying wrestling sucks, can we agree that I'm not getting out of it what I want? I no longer want athleticism that is that the and the bar keeps getting raised because at some point as a human being you have to start watching all of these high flying innovative strong style all this bullshit and you have to go somebody's going to get hurt badly and I don't want to see that I don't want to watch matches where every time somebody does something dumb and risky I don't want to sit and and go, oh my god, I hope that person's okay. You have no idea how many times throughout WrestleMania and, and shit like that where like I was watching and going, man, I I need to I need to go to the wrestling news websites and see if anybody got injured after that show or something like that cuz that was my like that was my main thing coming out of the NXT show is I spent a lot of my time combing through and seeing if anybody got hurt in that show man there's only so far you can press the bar of let's have wrestling matches for the sake of having wrestling matches before it gets uncomfortable and dumb and we're i'm there i've arrived there so i'm gonna need gimmicks i'm gonna need fun i'm gonna need realism i'm gonna need all the things i'm gonna need the the whole buffet of what you get out of wrestling i'm gonna need and because this this is not evolving the athleticism is evolving the storytelling the product all that stuff is it's not evolving to me evolving has implied improvement and that is not what i'm getting here all right, so thank you, uh, Loud Truck, for ruining my <sighs> trying to be a semi-coherent moment. What do we got? Let's see. My wife is texting me. Oh, we're making cheddar worse and potato wedges. Uh, onion. Ketchup. Barbecue sauce. Oh, and buns. I want a bun underneath my sausage. Um, there we go. That was a, a look into my life. I could have just said goodbye because that's essentially all, all I was going to do. So I just wasted two minutes of your time by texting my wife, telling her what condiments I want with my potato wedges and my cheddar worse later today. But yeah, um, don't read into this as the reopening of the door for me to start doing wrestling related podcasting all the time 24 7 after this all i want to do is go back to 94 cw and chill out because now i'm hot now i'm a little aggravated and let's see um robert said he gave this show what he say an a minus or a b plus um if i'm looking at this as just an independent show for what it tried to do as like a kind of a super indie show i could see where that gr- i could see where that grade would be levied so I, I don't think that's even a correct, uh, correct word <laughs> use of the word levied now i can see b plus i'm not going to give it that i'd give it about a b minus if i'm putting uh you know because there's there's a lot of good wrestling matches there was a lot of good athleticism 
and a lot of good stuff that you would see on a fucking indie show. Like you're gonna, you're gonna, you're you're going to get more entertainment elsewhere. But this was a good, this was a good start for the direction they're apparently wanting to go, which is a lot of internet fans, a lot of you know Twitch influence stuff like that. That's all cool, man. That's that's amazing. Um, but for what I personally would like out of a wrestling show as an alternative to the WWE, which is three, four, five, you know, including NXT and on a pay-per-view weekend, 11 hours uh, of wrestling in a week and just getting just wrestling match after wrestling match after wrestling match, subpar promos, subpar storytelling. This isn't any different. I'm not getting I'm not I'm not getting my itch scratched with Impact Wrestling. They're doing they're 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 making for lack of a better term, they're making the same mistakes. So, I mean, I guess from that aspect, no, this show gets at best a grade of incomplete because how am I going to I, I don't have anything to grade. I didn't get anything that I wanted out of this show other than the continuation of the storyline between Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards, which did not come to an end, which is fine. And I'm hoping that it, there's more heat, more gasoline poured on the fire. Like, I'm hoping for more. And build from that. Look at what's hot and learn from it. I'm not saying go out and brutalize somebody in the eye with a fucking ball bat more than once. But do something. Get creative. And my god, just... Make make it interesting. My wife is still texting me, so I'm just going to say goodbye. Um, overall, yeah, no, this was this this show was fine. It was more of the same. I can't I can't completely bury the show because once I realized what I was in store for is hey, this is a super indie show. Nobody better tell me. Oh, but there were stories in this. There weren't. There was. There was. There was one, maybe one and a half, if you consider the love angle in around the women's champion alley right now. But that is not real interesting. But at least it's something, right? And maybe there's going to be a story that's going to be told later with the jumping of Conan. I should probably say that I give credit where credit is due there. Maybe that'll turn into something cool and interesting. We'll see. Right now, kind of a false start there because that was clearly just a way to say, hey, Conan's not here. Let's write him the fuck off. There we go. Um, <laughs> that got really long. Holy shit. Uh, I'm just gonna say uh, this was this was cool. Maybe I'll do this every once in a while with with specialized events. Probably not so much for WWE television anymore. But like, if Impact Wrestling has another important show coming up, man, let's fire it up. Let's do it. I can get passionate about Impact Wrestling. I really can. I can't. I can't find the fucking passion anywhere in my body for WWE right now because they're supposed to be doing this better than anybody, and they're not doing it any better than Impact Wrestling is right now. They're doing the same thing, just putting on long strings of fucking wrestling matches for no reason at all whatsoever. So, I mean, I guess the most positive thing I can say is um, Impact Wrestling is doing a better job than the WWE is right now just because they're not saturating me with 11 hours of pointless bullshit. At least it was condensed into, you know, two hours every week. 
now I'm mad. Now I need to go have some ha- have some food, and take a walk, and enjoy my day. Do something that isn't getting me all pissed off. So, man, let me know. Let me know what you guys thought of the show. Did I do a good job with the show? Um, I don't. I I, I don't really know the proper questions to ask. Do I need to be doing more of this? Is is this is this my my way of keeping my uh, my footing in the podcasting world? Because I'll gladly do this every once in a while, like every you know maybe once or twice a month if I can find specialized events or something like that. I will gladly do it. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I can do this every once in a while, I suppose. Why, you know, I was complaining earlier about wrestling shows not having the buffet of things that I want to see. You know, people like 94CW. People obviously like it when we when we can talk wrestling. People like it when I just go off the rails and become goofy Uncle Hoove and just try to be entertaining. So I guess I'll just do all of it. That's the answer. That is the correct answer, right? If I'm wrong, let me know. If I'm right, just stay there and be silent. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to go eat cheddar worse and stuff like that for the rest of my day uh take care everybody and goodbye now what's the button i need to press number five goodbye now oops I ended that early. Oh well. Click.